and welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals and also our former jobs. <laughs> we are both <laughs> former zookeepers and each week we'll discuss a new animal or our former jobs and learn more about it. As always, nothing we say reflects any past, present, future organizations. We cannot be held we cannot be held liable for anything we've ever fucking said or will ever say. So don't, don't come even, at me. Don't at us. Don't. Um, all thoughts and opinions are our own. This is going to be a very kind of like our personal experience with zookeeping and it might get a little heated. So please understand that everything we say are our opinions. It's our thoughts. It's our own. So just, you Speaking know. Speaking from our experiences, yours exactly. might be the exact opposite. And you know what? Good for you, because you probably have to go to way less therapy than us. <laughs> we go to a lot of therapy. We go to um, several therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, uh, we're, we're just going to go ahead and get grimy. Yeah. Flora, so why don't you tell me about your life? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, you know, I've just been like hanging out with my... You started your new job, right? Started the new job. I did. Oh and if you haven't oh listened God. to the past couple episodes, um, uh-huh. I did get a brand new gerb. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually, uh, like the, uh, like I'm just like the cryptid maker for the, the cryptid maker, the state, like kind of like the tri-state area that I'm in. I'm wow. the cryptid maker. Yeah. So, you know, when like bald raccoons like wash up on the beach and everyone's like, oh my God, it's wash a cryptid. I am yeah. the yes. one that shaves and puts the raccoon into the ocean. <laughs> oh, what an interesting job. Is there a reason <laughs> that you do that? Right. Well, it is government work. Oh, I guess you can't talk about it too much then, huh? Right. So I can tell you what I do, which is that. Um, actually, that might have been too much. <laughs> oh, no. Can is you, this coming directly from Joe Biden's Can you bleep office? this? Can you bleep this? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Bleep. Bleep. Okay. So, um, yeah, I am hired by the the president, actually. The yes. President. So he called me, reached out. He had heard things from my other jobs. Um, and... It seems like he also listened to the podcast because he did kind of reference a few episodes. He told surprising. me to stay grimy. And I was like, oh, he's down with the sickness. Like, go Joe. <laughs> <laughs> go Joe. Um, <laughs> so that was really cool. But yeah, so it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of like figuring out. It's a lot of like um, like mapping, like a lot of cartography. Oh, I got to find cartography. Because I have to know yeah. like where something will land. Like if I throw it down this mountain, like is anyone going to find it? And like placing a lot things. Of physics. There's yeah. a lot of physics, a lot uh-huh. of shearing. Like I'm just shaving things all the time. You got razors um, on, on your belt at this point. Yeah. I have to like know where people's um, like cameras are on their garages so I can like make like oh. a like a skinned, Ooh. not skinned, like a hairless fox run across that make it look like a, skinned you know, run. Fox. And I have to train the fox to run like a human man. Um, right. So like right. my background in zookeeping helps because it's a lot of training experience. So. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it'd be some um, pretty unconventional hours as well, like ghouling hours, which seems perfect for you. Right. I'm already living the ghouling hours. And so it just yeah. like, it's just like perfect like i didn't even have to try like i was just i'm really good at it and i make um like probably like two hundred thousand dollars wow a year a month a year oh a year okay that's yeah not as good yeah i know i know not as good as interesting what's interesting is like we all we all know and we're all aware that the government keeps track of people that stay up during the ghouling hours there's like a registry like you can look it up online it's not that hard to find um What's interesting is that they obviously saw you on there like quite a bit, and yeah. so um, and that's why I think Joe they reached, reached out. out to you, right? Yeah, and I think that I think probably like the podcast and like knowing you Zookeeping. have like an animal background, exactly. They were like, "This is perfect. We found our person." So, like, yeah. did you have to interview, or did they just did Joe just offer you the job? Well, I had to do a secret trial, a secret trial, oh, a secret trial. Yeah, there's always a few of those. I had her, I did process. an NDA about the secret trial. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. um, I can mention – I can maybe give you some key words. Like, I'm not – like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just oh. – I'm just going to say five random words. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. So, It'll be like code names. <laughs> it's just like – it's just like fucking code names. Okay, okay. Um, okay, dress. Dress. Okay. okay. Um, pitchfork. Pitchfork. Interesting. Okay. Um, ice skate. Ice skate. Wow, you're really painting a picture here. Okay. Um, credit card. Credit card. Ooh. And really interesting term. And, and um, possum. Possum. 
Wow, if looks could kill, am I right? Like, <laughs> so you know, I did it. So that's know. all you can say. I'll, I'll respect that. That's yeah, all I can say. But uh, yeah, moving up in the world, you know, got a job, got a got a career woman going. So wow, that's Crazy. great. Do you get paid time off? No. No, you work every day. Work every day. Forever, For yeah. For the rest of my life, yeah. Oh. Signed my life away. But mm-hmm. but my hours, I'm allowed to just, so I'm I'm actually on call like every day, right? So like I'm always kind of like working, but mm. I only have to do like one job a month. Oh, that's not too I bad. Get, but I just get paid like every day or whatever. So I can do, I, can, I don't need PTO because I can kind of just do whatever I want, like all the time. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. It gives you the flexibility to like... Yeah, it's almost like contract know. work, but then I'm just like always yes. on contract. Yeah. For the Some rest of my life. thrive under that kind of pressure though. I yeah. feel like you're one of those people. Because like Joe, like it's weird because like on my... Like we had to like sign the like employee contract, right? And like so they sent it to me mm-hmm. and I signed. Then they sent it to Joe. He signed. They sent it to someone else and then they sent it back. Oh. And it almost looked like oh. like... Satan or like Satine? I don't know who that third party is. Satine, interesting. So oh. it might have just been Satan. It's really hard to read signatures, though. You know, everyone's got their own. <laughs> I can't read can cursive. Be... I never learned how to read cursive. Cursive, yeah, that's tough. I actually just signed my name, um, just regular, and then I just like uh, after I sign, after I just write my name, I just go mm-hmm. back and add a little line, like connecting all a the letters. Line. Oh, you know, like so. Yeah. That's fun. You know, what's also interesting is uh, I know you didn't mention it on air, but you um, you had texted me about it when you signed your contract and like the Satan Satine signature came back. Yeah, I sent um, you a text like, like immediately. You did. Yeah. Like one of the things that I remember you said that like stood out to you that was like a little bit unconventional was it looked like it was signed with like yeah, horse blood. It was. It um, was. And and um, I was like surprised because I was like, OK, well, like the blood isn't surprising, but like the fact that it was horse blood. Like, yeah. Normally it's like your blood or like whatever somebody but the, also that you could identify like that's pretty cool i feel like that's that's probably, one of like, my they skills to you. yeah that's one of my fucking skills dude identify any blood that you see i uh, yeah it like glows different now oh interesting okay. i don't think i could have noticed it before but after i signed that contract i can tell like 100 percent like what whose blood's what and it's kind of crazy too because you also mentioned that like once you sign that contract like um you did develop like a second eyelid which uh, I yes. wasn't expecting, but it's obviously beneficial. <laughs> no, because I can job. do so much more ocean work and like water sports than right. I yeah. ever could before. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a, a nice perk. I be- like, I would trade that for a time off. That Dude, the perks good. are outrageous. They actually cater uh, with Panda Express like every Friday. Every Super fucking nice. Friday in the office. Because there is an office, yeah. but we're all like work from home right now, you know? So, yeah, well, yeah, like, gotta be safe. COVID. That makes sense. <laughs> It sounds great. Anyway. It sounds honestly like um, maybe it's like the perfect career for you. And I'm just really yeah. happy that they reached out and you yeah. like found something that you can really throw yourself into. Like I've knocked out like a couple things just this past mm-hmm. like week that I've been working because I was trying to like – like the old person quit or they, they got – they're missing or whatever. So I, I took over for them. I turned inside out and like sucked through a wormhole well, is what I heard. That was like the rumor. The but rumor, like on the yeah. books, yeah. they're just missing. Yeah, you got to go by what's on the book. So I was trying to, like, catch up. So I had to, like, do a couple last week from when they were gone. Mm. Um, yes. So there's a couple things out there. A couple of them haven't been found yet, so I can't really talk about that until it's been found. But um, Oh, okay. But well, I have, like, your, I have, like a really unique signature, you know what I mean? Like, in my style. Yes. Like, Hannibal yes, Lecter. Yes. Like, you're going to know Correct. if it's the, um, the Chesapeake <laughs> like Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did have a he did have a pretty signature style. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, how's it, cool. how's it going for you on your side of things? Yeah, my job. Um, you know, it isn't quite as uh, cryptid centric, and, like, mm. based and like sinister as yours. Mine's right. a little bit more like uh, corporate and mon- no, that's cute. mundane. Oh, but I think I that's think safe. we like, balance each other out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, my cat's cleaning her butthole right next to me. We love to see it. Excellent. I cracked open a frosty little beer. And uh, the last time I went to therapy, my therapist gave me a worksheet to fill out. So I'm kind of Cute. looking forward to that. I got homework. Um, so that's going to be fun. I love homework. I also want to add another um, oh, yeah. warning that I did in the first one is that the old people, my old people neighbors are having a party and my old people parents are there. So if you hear background <laughs> noise, it's not me like listening to like easy listening. Ja it's the neighbors. <laughs> I don't even it's know crazy. what it is. 
It's crazy that your neighbors are partying with your parents again this week. Like, what are the odds? They're all the exact same time that we're recording. That's, yes. That's crazy. Wild how that happened. I don't understand. Um, well, it's, we, maybe it's we the weekly. Record. Well, it's the weekly party. Yeah. The weekly party. And, you know, parents I've been miss it. banned from it. So I'm. this is the only time I'm free. <laughs> right. Because, like, your job is due to start. I went that one time and I was on call and I actually did a job while I was at the party and now I've been oh, banned from going back. Yeah. But sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes like, it'd be That's like fine. that. <laughs> so if anyone um, missed uh, part one of this two-part series. Um, yeah. This is our chance to talk about our zookeeping career. We already mentioned that we're former zookeepers. Um, to catch you up very quickly, Flora and I were both in the zookeeping field overall for just shy of a decade. And uh, we worked together in some of that. And, you know, we worked on our own. But we've both worked at, I think you said, like five AZA facilities. And I've yeah, worked at something. four. Um, so, and they're all different. So, like, we um, have had a lot of experience around the country with different facilities and mm -hmm. we we're talking a little bit about our personal zookeeping experience and what it was like leaving what led us to that and oh. how you know what things are like yeah. now you know the other thing that i wanted to mention i know what we talked a little bit about what we wanted to bring up but one thing yeah. we didn't kind of bring up that i really want to because it's very yeah. controversial <laughs> controversial okay. is aza and association of zoos and aquariums and yeah. i when when i was saying that i had seen horrific things um it was at aza zoos so what do you think yeah. is happening at zoos that aren't <laughs> that aren't looked at? But here's the thing about AZA is that it's like a fucking boys club. Like it's you pay dues yep. and you get a wink wink like sneak in the back. You can kind of get away with a whole fuck lot of it. Um, those AZA inspections are once every five years. Uh, yep. So what do you think happens like the three months leading up to it? The zoo gets their shit together. What do they do the past four years? Whatever the fuck they wanted to. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen them like hiding stuff and like leaving stuff out. Um, there is usually an occasion where zookeepers can talk to the people, but the inspection is usually like three people, like three to four people who come for three days, I want to say, um, yeah, from different right. facilities. There's usually like, they're usually like heads of something, right? So like the head of veterinary yeah, from, like a, a, from like a committee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like the director of a zoo or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so all the people who like fucking know each other and talk to each other on the phone all the time and blacklist zookeepers from their zoos that, you know, um, they come. Um, if you have elephants, there's there's definitely an elephant expert. Um, yep. And they usually spend like one or two of the days at elephants. So if you mm -hmm. have a zoo and your inspection is three days and you have like a million animals – and they're looking at elephants for two days. Uh, mm, wow, what are they inspecting? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Not the birds. <laughs> Nobody inspects birds because they're not mammals. Um, so you kind of uh, get away yeah. with like whatever you want. So um, just kind of keep that in mind. AZA does not mean that it's the best zoo in the world uh, because all they have to do is like send a check and get a get a stamp. Just yep. keep that in mind. Uh <laughs> yeah, that does kind of blend into the caveat that I was going to give, similar to the one in the first episode where uh, these are our personal experiences and our experiences, especially <laughs> with AZA zoos. Uh -huh. um, that's not to say that there aren't great facilities out there. And that's sure. not to say that Flora and I don't have the utmost respect for keepers who are looking to get into the field and are currently in the field or who have left the field, as well as like we still really love and support a lot of zoos out there. Mm -hmm. And you know, that hasn't changed. We just have a different appreciation for them and mm -hmm. are speaking to some of the things that we experienced. I will say that um, AZA, a stamp of AZA is not a stamp of perfection. It is no. a stamp of some of the better, like, qualities of welfare overall and, like, education and well, outreach. All, all it actually means but is that you pay the dues. it's also – I was just going to say. Right? But it also means that you can afford to pay the dues. Yes. Um, there are a lot of incredible facilities out there that are not AZA uh, that are fantastic. And they just are smaller and they can't afford to pay the dues. But they might have better welfare than an AZA facility. So, Correct. You know, it's not – always 100% stamp of approval. We've talked about it before. If you're like researching a facility and you're trying to see if it's a good place to support, AZA is usually a pretty good indicator that it's on the up and up. Um, but there are a lot of other ways to tell if a place is a good zoo as well because AZA facilities do shady shit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've I definitely it was seen it. really cute during COVID when they did absolutely nothing for any of the zoos ever. Yeah. That, that was... had to get shut down. Like they didn't like 
give them like a break or anything step in and like pay or like even yeah. write like a letter i don't even think they fucking said anything um yeah i feel like cool. the people who run aza make like five hundred thousand dollars a year or something insane <laughs> i feel like they make a million dollars like i have no idea but i think they make a fuck ton of money in that organization um but just kind of think about like if you're running a like subscription program or whatever the fuck this is mm-hmm. um and an entity is paying you money and then mm-hmm. you go and you say hey um you know there's something wrong and then the option is to quit the subscription program so that you don't get any more money mm-hmm. or shutting the fuck up and just keeping their money which one do you think they would pick i think that they would pick to keep getting the money but that's just mm-hmm. me what do i know i'm not a director what do i know i was just there when it <laughs> happened <laughs> weird <laughs> fucking fine uh so uh in our last episode we also talked a little bit about some of our uh, personal experiences in zoos as it relates to like how we came to the decision that we wanted to leave some of the um just day-to-day like emotional stuff that we dealt with like with uh regards to like income disparities as well as uh some of like the emotional b- abuse that we dealt with mm-hmm. and we're gonna go a little bit deeper into some of that but um i would say to kind of kick us off flora if you had to say like three things just three general things that were some of the hardest things that you dealt with and that kind of ended up ultimately pushing you out of zookeeping. Uh, what would you say those things were? Um, like animal death and, a, and like mistreatment mm-hmm. and gaslighting mm-hmm. and not having enough money to support myself like in my life. So like those three yeah. things combined made me want to kill myself. Like, not, yeah. I'm not being, um, yes, we're not joking about suicide, that's, like, no, I literally, <laughs> um, talked about killing myself and had to go to a lot of therapy or whatever, so, um, yeah, those yeah. are my big, that's my big three, what's yours? <laughs> my top three, um, yeah, mine was, uh, mine was, I, I would say, like, uh, daily grief and PTSD, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. stemming a lot of times from, like, animal based issues yes um but also kind of just the work environment yes uh i think the money was a big one um like having like a very limited job growth potential and on Mm -hmm. top of that not being able to afford to live Mm -hmm. um, as a human being was really tough yeah and then (laughs) um beyond that i think uh just in my personal life like my complete detachment from my ability to enjoy my life yes that really uh well that was my big three <laughs> yay it's not a job you can like leave at work nope you can't you can't and it ever affects you can't your ever relationships with other people outside yep. of work um yes. and it like is all consuming in all ways and then on top of that you don't even have enough money to live so you're in constant financial struggle um which mm-hmm. if you have ever been in is the most stressful thing in the entire world and um yep. pretty horrific yeah yeah so uh, i want to talk a little bit uh we since we both mentioned i think the same things basically um i wanted to talk about a bit about the emotional aspect of zookeeping and then maybe we can discuss a little bit more about like the physical and mental a little bit later but mm. you and i both talked about like dealing with the grief of like animal welfare situations mm-hmm. um how was that for you like how how did that come about did you have resources available? Like, how did you process it? Yeah, I think, what like... What was kind of your experience? Yeah, even, like, natural animal death, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I have... I, like, I think I mentioned before, there was, like, one facility I was at that provided any kind of, like, grief counseling um, mm-hmm. at all. And it was for, like, a really, um, like, what can I say? Like, charismatic animal, I guess. Yeah, um, yep. And that was the only place that I experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the time... Um, I was expected to work um, regardless of the incident or when it happened throughout the day um, yes. and just, like, continue on with the care of the other animals, which mm-hmm. is, like, you know, whatever. But when your entire job and responsibility is to keep something alive and whether or not it's, like, natural or unnatural, um, when they fucking die, it's horrific. Like, I I, I don't yeah. know, like, it's if, ugly. if if... Like, I mean, it. 
I hate to like compare them to your pets, but it is like your emotional attachment to them, your responsibility to them as a living being is extreme and it gets discounted. And that's one of the like things that fucks with us the most. Um, Mm -hmm. But so it does affect you and it's not something that you can easily get over. So one of the things that's extremely dangerous is not being present in your job as a zookeeper right so like if your Mm -hmm. tiger passes away and you're also still caring for another tiger you're in an extremely dangerous situation every time you're shifting and entering a building around that tiger and if you're thinking about your other tiger like that's a horrific situation that you're in that's extremely dangerous to you like as an individual if you're not present um mentally uh does the zoo have i been at a zoo that ever acknowledged that no um nope and you were expected to like work regardless of what just happened um or like you know i mean (laughs) just see i've had yeah i've had Mm. zoos i've had one zoo i worked at where that happened um a few times and i was asked if i was okay and i was told to like step away and like take some time to just you know think about it during Mm -hmm. the day um but it is very rare that you are you have the ability to leave you can't you have a shift right like yeah. you're already short-staffed you're always yeah short-staffed. <laughs> you're always short-staffed. and um there's only so many people that can do your job and there's not enough people trained on it and it still has to get done and you still have to take care of the animals that are there um because their their welfare is completely dependent on your ability to do your job mm-hmm. and that is really hard because it means that you cannot properly grieve um and i'm not like we're definitely not saying that this is something that you can easily point to one person and be like, it's their fault. Because it's not, it's like a, it's a systemic issue. Oh yeah, there's not like an easy solution all across animal care. Compassion fatigue is fucking rampant. But they ignore it completely instead of even attempting to find a solution. I, um, I've brought it up at just about every zoo I've been to where I've asked specifically, uh, I started doing this earlier on after I started a few of my later zoos uh, before this type of thing happened. But I would ask specifically if we had grief counseling services available because I was like, it fucking sucks. And it's Mm -hmm. traumatic as shit when our animals die because we're pouring eight to ten hours into their care every single day. And then even though we're not there at night, like when we go home, we're thinking about them the entire Mm -hmm. time. We're thinking Mm -hmm. about them nonstop. Over our weekends, we're thinking about them nonstop. They mm-hmm. consume our lives because mm-hmm. we care about them. Yes. And we The should. amount of times and that, like, you're getting texted on your days off, mm-hmm. like, if, if an yep. animal's sick, if they're not taking medicine, like, you're getting constant updates about your job when you're not there. <laughs> yep. Whether you ask and for it or not. Even if you tell them, don't tell me. They're still going to fucking text you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you stay over because you care and you do everything you can because you care and you want the best for them and... Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and sometimes uh, really horrible, really traumatic things happen, and you are still expected to do your job. I know mm-hmm. that one of the facilities that you and I worked at, uh, we both encountered that in our own areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some pretty awful animal deaths occur pretty close to one another, mm-hmm. and um, we were actively bullied by our coworkers for yes, being for upset showing... and not being able to, yes. Um, yes. for needing to step away. Yes. And, um, for not just being okay with the way that things played out. And that's truly gaslighting and it's fucked up and it's emotional abuse. And yeah. you don't get the chance to grieve. Uh, and that fucking breaks your brain. That's yes. not how things should be done. <laughs> so then that leads to compassion fatigue, which if you're not mm-hmm. familiar with, is when you become physically, like, not physically, but mentally dead inside. So mentally, you no longer yep. care about anything. And the issue with compassion fatigue out. is that <laughs> it's not just – oh, I don't care if an animal dies, is I don't care about anything in my life at all anymore. Like, nothing matters at all anymore. Your welfare is gone. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about your family, your friends, your relationships. Nope. You don't care about your job. You don't care about your safety. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing left. And you and I, guess what? You and I both went through that (laughs) a lot. (laughs) There's nothing left. And it's horrible. And this is not, like we were saying before, this is not just zookeeping. This is rampant in a lot of different animal care fields. Um, But it's something that we experienced Mm -hmm. hugely in zookeeping. and I think we both it's brought it up as well. Traumatic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, <laughs> and it sucks because, like, 
again, it's a systemic issue, so it can't. We cannot reasonably just say like, "Oh, you fucked up and didn't provide zookeepers these resources." Mm-hmm. It's like it's everywhere. These things don't exist, and people are asking for them, and there's seemingly no interest and trying to provide them and that sucks i remember on my way out here on my last job i really pushed for it i pushed for it hard and i set up meetings and i was outspoken and i became the bad guy just trying to be that squeaky wheel you know right and not a lot changed and it was really discouraging because i was like I know that I'm leaving for my own personal reasons, and it relates to this, of course, but I still care about our animals. I still care about my coworkers. Like, I want the best for them. And for us to just kind of sit and have a little circle where we talk about things for a little bit is not enough. I'm sorry. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if management doesn't have the resources available to give keepers what they need, but it needs to be figured out. It needs to. There's yep. no excuse because your staff is dying. Yeah. <laughs> they're literally not taking care of themselves and they're dying. You need to take care of them. And it, I think it like leads into a point that we mentioned in our last episode where um, a lot of times like management is not trained to be managers. Oh my it's God. oftentimes <sighs> keepers who are really good at their job, who have been there for a while and have excelled, are promoted to management. And taking care of animals is completely different than taking care of people. No and when shit. you're a manager of keepers – your job is to take care of the people taking care of the animals. God. That's your job. And that – how many times have we seen where that's not the case? It's like you couldn't give a flying fuck about the fucking people as long no. as they get their work done. Yes. Because you're managing the animals. And it's like, no. As a manager, your job is to take care of your employees. Your job is to help them succeed. I came to my what manager bawling my eyes out, like having yeah. a panic attack because mm-hmm. I couldn't take care of the animals adequately in the time given to me because they added animals and mm-hmm. like decreased staff and i like physically couldn't do it i couldn't give them enough and mm-hmm. it was killing me and yeah. they said flora which they said my real name did <laughs> anything die today i said no they said you did a good job okay <laughs> and we swing right back to the emotional abuse <laughs> so anyway i went to therapy and i did yeah. rapid eye movement desensitization and reprocessing my therapist brain fucked me until i forgot about one of the jobs that i had because otherwise i was gonna unalive myself um Mm -hmm. (laughs) i went i went cuckoo for cocoa puffs on Mm -hmm. um some like ssris and uh, I, I was a million miles away from my family and I told them that I was going to unalive myself and then I had to, uh, go get watched for a while. So I didn't mm-hmm. do that. Um, yep. then I had to go to therapy a bunch until I forgot about it. So I don't know. I think, um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone at all because it was pretty horrible. Um, but yeah. you know, I think that there's like no shame in it either, and and mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that we see a lot in ex zookeepers is guilt, guilt that they like couldn't handle it or whatever, or um, yeah. or that they weren't enough. But that's not what it is, and and no. I think that you shouldn't feel guilty because it's not you're not set up for success. Like there's yeah. no room for professional development. Really, you hit a you hit a fucking roadblock where it's like either you become management and don't work with animals or you just like make eight dollars forever um and then they treat you like garbage town the animals are all fucking dying around you every time a visitor comes they tell you that you're a piece of shit abusing animals you then Mm -hmm. go behind the scenes and see people abusing animals and have to lie about it and it's just like constant and it's insane and i don't think that anyone should feel bad for leaving the field um at all and i i think more people should be honest with themselves that it's not healthy. And I know yeah. that, you know, the previous zoo I was at, since I left, um, what, six months ago? Less than six mm-hmm. months ago? Four people have, in my department alone, team of, like, what, seven, eight? <laughs> yeah. Four others have quit. Oh, yeah. The turnover is wicked high. Wicked and high. It fucking sucks because it circles back to that notion of drinking the Kool-Aid and having zookeeping be your identity because that is where that guilt comes from is like mm-hmm. the people, mm-hmm. a lot of the people, a lot of the people, not all of them, that remain in zookeeping when people leave are often like behind your back being like, they just couldn't cut it. Yes. You have to like have thick skin. And that's thick what skin, management tells you, hard. right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. 
Like, and oh, you're a badass. Super... You can handle all this work. Like, you're so good at your, like, oh, you're mm-hmm. just, you're awesome at it. You're, they couldn't hang. They couldn't handle it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, you physically, um, physically abused or mentally abused me until I, um, almost died. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, is that up, my bad uh... or yours, bro? I don't know, <laughs> but it feels like yours. It's really fucked up and it leads, it just like, it just puts you, it's such, it's so bad for so many reasons because it fucks you up personally. It fucks you up at your job, like in your relationships, it fucks you mm-hmm, up. It's just mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, it sticks with you mm-hmm. for a really long time. I remember uh, one time, one of our animals that I took care of, uh, very charismatic, like really well known throughout the zoo, uh, died really horrifically on habitat mm-hmm. and- we had to then deal with mm-hmm. the aftermath of that, trying to shift all the other dangerous animals that were on the habitat with them off so it was safe for us to go out to determine if he was truly dead, right. get all the guests out of the area, um, all the while <laughs> taking care of this animal every day and having to do all of this to remove their dead, dead dying body. body. Yeah. Um, and you're just sort of like, my entire job revolves around keeping these animals alive, mm-hmm. and I'm now stepping in to deal with a really fucked up, horrible thing, and I'm expected to keep my head, mm-hmm. and that's really hard, um, but oftentimes we do it because we have to, right? Like, you do it to get yeah. it done, but then in the aftermath, when you reach out for help or you need time away, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, like, you, it's, just be careful. You have other animals to take care of. Yeah. And I remember, you know, after the aftermath of all of that, getting this animal inside, um, determining that he he did in fact die, and eventually uh, everyone, like, carrying him off. And, like, you know, I was alone in the building after that, and there was blood on the floor, and I was the only one there, and I had to clean it up, and I had to get ready for the closing shift, and um that was it you, you don't know, even I, get a second you don't even get a second nope it was you know i got i was pulled aside and asked if i was okay but like that's it's nice it's nice that they asked what i that i was okay but it didn't mean who else was gonna do my job <laughs> yeah. i i knew in the back of my head that it didn't matter what i said because there was no one who could step in yeah. there was no one who could take this on while i went and had a fucking breakdown um and i just had to like do it and we've all had to do it and it fucking sucks and then in the aftermath you know you oftentimes have time to talk about it with your teammates or whatever if you're lucky um mm-hmm. but even then it's just sort of like okay we got it all the other animals need care too and it's like yeah that's true but this is a really traumatic thing and you're not giving your staff the chance to process it and that's really really bad <laughs> that's really yep. bad so you're always really just, you're like conditioned to just like sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug yep. until you sweep literally every aspect of your life under the rug. <laughs> yep. Or, um, you know, I know you and I have both dealt with where uh, on our off days we'll randomly, <laughs> I think we both actually got a text from a manager saying, oh, this beloved animal of yours died. Oh, uh, yeah. Suddenly and FYI. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, sorry. Oh, sorry. We got it in a text. Um, so that was like really cool. Sorry. LOL. To deal with. And then you, you know, you come back um, on the next day that you work and your building is quiet and you're having a fucking breakdown. And then you're like, oh, I need to be with it because I'm shifting tigers. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really fucked up. You know who um, knows, you know, who knows the most about what zookeepers go through is zookeeper friends and spouses. Because if you have ever, if you have ever had like. <laughs> They're so sick of hearing all Dude, this. if you have ever had a party that you've gone to where there's more than one zookeeper from the same zoo, like, people will walk up and be like, oh, they got started talking zoo, and will literally, like, run away. My poor friends, <laughs> we would have, like, I would have fucking game nights and parties all the time, and the moment someone, like, there was, I had a Halloween party at my house, um, and invited a ton of my friends, which I had friends, like, from zoo and out of zoo, and I put a sign on the door that said, if you say the Z word, if you say zoo or zookeeper or anything, <laughs> like, number one, it's banned, and number two, you have to take a shot, because I I was serious like it was a no zoo zone because we yeah. would spiral and like we would just bitch and bitch and bitch and yes. bitch because we we're all fucking miserable yes. and then once we got yes. started we wouldn't stop i literally had to ban it from conversation like because it yeah. was killing me and yeah. god it's just like 
And if you're a zookeeper out there, like, you're not alone. Like, that's the thing, too, is, like, I know you're probably bitching with your friends and stuff, but, like, you're not alone in the things that you're feeling. And if and if you think, like, it's not working out, then, like, do you got to do what's best for you. And if you're a zookeeper and you think you're having the time of your life, like, go for it. Like, live in yeah. your live your fucking truth. That's awesome that it's, like, working out for you. Um, it sure as shit think, didn't work out for me. I think that played into our decision to leave, too, because every time that we spoke... Every time that we spoke, and we we create this podcast, like we have other things to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we are for like sure. Good friends in real life. Um, every time we spoke, it was to complain about how miserable we were. Yeah, and we were just like, "This is fucked up. This should be the only thing we talk about." What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we're just like, "This isn't worth it. Why are we doing this?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't have to be this way. And ninety nine percent of my conversations with my best friend are talking about how fucking miserable and anxious I am all the time. Yeah, about my job. Then I should leave that job. <laughs> and one of the things that was like pretty big for me was like when I went abroad to do conservation work, which I yeah. like the zoo. I had to petition to get them to let me take the time off because it was like <laughs> three weeks, I think, total. You're hired um, to take care of animals and promote <laughs> conservation, but if you want to go do that in the real world, um, I don't think uh, so, uh, uh. because we're not well-staffed enough. Yeah, so I had to <laughs> okay. beg for the time off. Uh, they didn't give me absolutely a dime. That was all on my mm. own. Um, and, uh, like, I, it just felt like they fought me every step of the way. Like, they were mm-hmm. so pissed that I was doing this. Um, and going and finding it like being like the coolest fucking thing I've ever done, the most fulfilling thing I've ever done, I can send my ass there my fucking self. Like, I don't fucking need you. You didn't help at all. So mm-hmm. why don't I go work a job and make enough money to do it my fucking self? Like, that was like yeah. the end of it for me. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I went mm-hmm. and like literally saved animals. You would get free money if you posted my face on fucking Facebook and said what I was going to do. And they were so mad at me. They didn't even do it. <laughs> So it was just As like, I know, it was just crazy. What are these goals? Like I was being <laughs> shit on for doing conservation. It was the yeah. most mind numbing thing, but that was super eye opening to me. And like when I was there, there was like women, like some older women who were like, you know, retired and they were there doing the same work and they were there for six fucking months. Like wow, that's, that's amazing. I know. Like that's amazing. And like mm-hmm. I was there for like a fart in the wind and I was just like. God, I want to just move here and do this all the time. And Mm -hmm. it was just way cooler than anything I've ever done. So fuck you, (laughs) everyone else (laughs) who fought me and who was being a turd and who lied about me when I was going to do that. You know who you are, you ass lickers. Um, (laughs) It was great. And I'll do it again, bitch. Just you wait. Just you wait once this fucking $200,000 check comes in from the Crypto Club. Just you fucking wait. Yeah, there's, like, weird gatekeeping for some fucking reason, and I think it, like, it just adds to the compassion fatigue and the burnout mm-hmm. and, like, just the mental fuckery. Mm-hmm. I did want to talk a little bit, now that we're talking about mental stuff, about uh, the general, like, we talked a bit about, like, the grief and the trauma and, like, the PTSD sure. and the depression. I do want to talk about the anxiety as well, because, Ooh. God, oh, God, if you're an anxious person, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be good at zookeeping, but <laughs> it's going to cripple you yes. um, mentally. Yes. Because the fucking the weight of the world are on your shoulders if you fuck up guess what an animal dies horrifically or a coworker and or a zoo guest dies horrifically or you die horrifically and because your manager is a bad person they scream in your face <laughs> they don't talk <laughs> to you like happen. a normal yeah. human being they scream at you in front of like the whole world so just be ready for debt um that's a fun perk but yeah checking locks i worked with zookeepers who developed like mild ocd um checking locks they had like i don't know if it's called that i don't know a whole lot about like ocd and and ticks and stuff but it was like they had to do they had to like it was almost like a tick like they checked the lock they would check the lock it would be like one two three one two three one two three Mm -hmm. like and they would have to go back and do it again which i think is part of ocd right like where you're you have to do it a certain time until it feels right or something i'm sorry i'm not really petition yeah um other zookeepers had to take pictures of their locks to mm-hmm. remind themselves that mm-hmm. they were locked. 
Um, and I think we talked about before, there's been zookeepers who would go behind you and unlock your lock to try to get you in trouble, <laughs> get you screamed yeah, at, which is I cute. I a supervisor fun. do that. A supervisor <laughs> tried to do that to me, so I had to take videos of myself um, checking all the locks at night because she would come in behind me the next morning and unlock them and try to get me in trouble. Super cute and fun. And uh, an AZA zoo. <laughs> love that. She still works there. Uh, but yeah, I think oh, there's- Oh, she also tried to hit me. Cool. <laughs> go on. Yes. <laughs> fun stuff um but because there's a huge i don't think there's a huge room for error if you're paying attention but there is room for error and the error is devastating so yeah you become like a really anxious person uh you doubt yourself a lot and i think that yes that comes from management too because they don't believe you like they never i never got like the benefit of the doubt sort of situation like it was always just like well, you must have fucked up or I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. they don't build you up as a person. They like frighten you and keep you scared and quivering and doubting yourself every time. And this continues to this day. Um, anytime a boss asks me to meet with them, I would assume that they're going to scream at me. Like I go in like breathing Terrifying. heavy and shaking and yeah. almost like having a panic attack because at one of my zoos, that's what it meant every fucking time. Like I had PTSD. Luckily, the last zoo, I had an awesome manager for a little bit. Um, that didn't last. They quit because she was like, this place sucks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Why are you leaving me? Fuck this um, shit, I'm out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I talked to her when I first started and said like, I have PTSD. Like every time you talk to me, I think that you're going to fucking scream at me. And she mm. never did. Like, for the entire time that she was there, never screamed at me. and But still, at the end of it, I was like, she's going to scream at me today. Yeah. Like, in yeah. my review, I'd be like, oh, my God, they're going to say how horrible I am. And my review would literally be like, 10 out of 10, best zookeeper ever, like, keep on keeping on. And I was like, I thought you were going to fire me. They're like, what the fuck? But mm-hmm. that's, that's like, what keeps you in line is, like, keeping you nervous and scared. And, and if you're constantly yeah. doubting yourself, then there's no room for you to push back um and you know bring your own ideas and all that other stuff so it's like a tactic to kind of keep you fucked up and it's that like weird cult shit too or like not cult shit but like the hazing thing like if they if they group you guys together and you're all scared shitless you like get better as a team that's like a weird team building tactic (laughs) (laughs) fucked up dude i think yeah i think with the doubt um it kind of snowballs into all aspects of your life too it doesn't just affect your ability to do your job but like Especially um, if you've worked with dangerous animals, that doubt is like crippling Yes, because you are constantly thinking about the worst thing that could happen and having that be a very real possibility Mm -hmm. and being put in a position where you have to trust your coworkers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my coworkers are dumb as shit and we don't get along. I would never trust them. They don't follow protocols and we're just expected to trust those people. And I can't tell you how many times I've brought up issues that I've had with other coworkers because they broke protocols, safety protocols. And it was just like, well, have you tried talking to them nicer? And it's like, my life is on the line. Right. I don't give a fuck how I talk. They need to follow our protocols or I'm going to scream at them because I'm not going to die because of their mistake. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you are put in impossible situations and not given the tools to succeed. And yeah, it just bleeds into your everyday life. So you second guess your locks and you have to go back and you become obsessive about them. Yep. And you are constantly doubting your own skills and all of that mental clutter just like fucks with you. And then same thing, like you are you're spending so much time trying to remember if you lock something correctly that you actually forget to lock something else and or maybe you like mix up medications wrong yeah. or like whatever, yeah. and you're and like you still human error is still an issue, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and I think that's one thing. Like if you haven't been a zookeeper, you might not understand. Like we're not saying this is like the hardest job in the world or whatever. No, no. But it's just not set up for us to succeed or to do the best for the animals because we're a single person. You know, and and most of the zoos we were at, we were independent. And mm-hmm. you're like assigned a section or whatever, and so independently you're responsible for all those animals, whether it's like five or like. 500 or whatever like it could be an entire fucking aviary (laughs) they're taking care of you're responsible for all of that and the medication and the feeding but then you're at a zoo right crazy shit happens a guest dropped their hat a fucking kid fell into a habitat someone like shot someone i don't fucking know so you're like starting and stopping starting and stopping starting and stopping you're doing so many things at once and remembering so many things at once that like you're in and out and in and out in and out and going through all these things that there's so there is i guess a lot of room for error because you're constantly Mm -hmm. manipulating locks and doors and starting something and forgetting what you were doing and going back and whatever so and and you have the constant pressure to get animals out on habitat at certain times do Yes. Talks, like get yes. projects done for management, yes. clean things yes. behind the scenes. Yes. Like 
So you're always on a time crunch as well. Yes, you're and always running and rushing every fucking and step of no the way. And no matter how many times, no matter how many times your managers are like, take your time, make sure you're safe. Shut the if fuck you up. Do that and your animal is out late, they're like, why wasn't the animal out on time? Why isn't the pool clean? Listen, mm-hmm. bitch, I got 30 minutes till open. It takes me five hours to clean that fucking pool. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm trying to be safe and make sure I don't shift a goddamn gorilla out on yeah. myself. So I think like- Would that's, you rather I did that? That's one thing like it- that I think a lot of people don't realize is how much, like, we're just, like, running around. So when you, someone stops you to ask you a question, you literally mm-hmm. don't have time to talk to them, and yet you have to pretend like you do. Ah. Yeah. And and I, I wanted to mention this before, and I, I forgot, but um, with just, like, the compassion fatigue and, and all that, mm-hmm. like, guilt and stuff and whatever, one of the things that I think was really hard, too, was that when management would pretend to give a shit about what I was talking about um, – and then nothing comes from And then nothing happens. Is <laughs> like yeah. we are on basically like the front lines. Like every time yeah. a guest comes in and complains and bitches and says that we're abusing animals or the habitat's too small or that like fucking capybara is limping. I don't know. It's all coming to me, right? So like when mm. we go to a meeting and I'm like, we have to fix this capybara exhibit. And they're like, no. Like they are. I'm like, but every day someone is bitching that's wrong and I'm telling you it's wrong and you still won't fix it. Like, it's just always on you, it feels like. Like, you're constantly getting berated from all sides and it's just horrible. Also, I had a meeting um, with a director of a zoo, of an AZA accredited zoo, where he wrote on the board animal care and we had to come up with a definition for what animal care was because we all had a different definition. Um, because if you're if you're not keeping up, mine was actually taking care of the animals. <laughs> yeah, His was not. Great. We were like, we don't have time to do, we don't have time to take care of the animals. Well, we should define what taking care of the animals is. Listen, okay. buddy, I hope you fucking rot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're rotting right now. Hey, you know who you are if you're listening? I hope this gets back to you. I hope wherever you are, you're fucking miserable. You sack of <laughs> shit. <laughs> you did nothing but the worst yeah. for all of those animals there. So it's thumbs it's up. so easy to be like, we promote animal welfare. And then when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's like, but only to the extent that they're out on time, they're visible, they're, um, you know, their habitat looks good. Mm-hmm. And then like the lawn is mowed. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you're doing keeper talks five times a day. Mm-hmm. You're available for mm-hmm. stuff. Like you're creating enrichment. You're also keeping the behind the scenes areas like spotless mm-hmm. and you're by yourself and you don't get a lunch break. Like all of that. And, like, you're doing things safely. Yeah. But, like, the most important thing is that, like, the animals look good. So it's mm-hmm. not really the animal welfare. It's that the animals are there and they yep. look good. Yep. yep and yep, 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 it's, yep, like, yep, your yep, job yep, yep. to do everything else to make that happen. Um, that does kind of lead into my next point. So we talked oh, a little fantastic. bit about the emotional, a little bit about the mental. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the physical. Oh, um, cute. The physical aspect of zookeeping. So, obviously, it's, like, a manual labor-based job. That's, yes. like, number one. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think a lot of it is like you're feeding animals and you're creating fun toys and you're mm-hmm. training them. But you're like 40% of your day is cleaning. The zoo campers and... are making their fun toys and the yeah. interns are feeding them. <laughs> I'm picking up shit with my bare hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm clean. I'm scrubbing um, the ceiling and installing new I'm furniture. I'm mulching and... a habitat. <laughs> yeah. Or or I'm um, mowing a fucking acre wide <laughs> habitat. <laughs> 95 I'm, degrees no, 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 in the no, middle no. of summer. No, we're not mowing. We're mowing the fucking behind the scenes area that the goddamn hort people don't fucking do. And for some reason, it's my fucking job. Yep. But you I'm have a riding that, um, lawnmower, you sack of shit. We only have a push mower. Can you just fucking go over it? Anyways. Do you remember that one place we lo- we worked where um, it was like the fucking, it was like 100 degrees in yes. the morning. And, like, humidity was a 1,000%. Yes. And we had to mow all of our habitats. We yes. didn't have enough lawn mowers. None of them worked. One of them actually shook so badly, I sprained my wrist using it. Yes. Um, and when I told my boss that, they're like, oh, um, maybe try using one of the other ones next time. <laughs> Not, we're going to remove the one that physically ailed you. Um, no, we'll just use a different one. And we had to do all of that. Um before the zoo opened because animals right. had to be out on which means like we didn't i didn't even clean those days i only mowed and then like went home that's all i had time to do also i and mowed, you and i like had heat exhaustion <laughs> i was so fucking tired of mowing that i mowed on the like the lowest level and i like burnt the shit out of the grass like it burnt yep. because i mowed it so low and i was like i have no regrets fuck you <laughs> quit making me mow this shit yep there's um, a goddamn so, sable yeah. antelope you can still see him he's fucking 10 feet tall dude i don't need a mow 
<laughs> he eats grass. What the fuck? <laughs> the man eats the grass. <laughs> the man eats it. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's uh, it's fucked up though. A lot of people that we know have been pushed out physically. Like one of our yes. good friends, uh, she left because she had fucking yes. wicked knee problems. Yeah, and another one like broke her ankle. And, yep. Um, like I broke my foot. I like sprained my wrist twice. I fucking twerked a knee. Twerked? Tweaked a knee. <laughs> um, you you might have twerked. <laughs> I tore a muscle in my back. Like you, fuck you. Like opened your hand one day. My I thumb saw it. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. We've had we've been concussed like so many fucking times through shift doors. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. We're working in like dirty fucking elements. Like I um, frostbite. So one of the places I was at, they were making me power wash every day, and mm-hmm. which is like a bit much. And, like, I don't think you're really meant <laughs> to bit. do that. And the thing with power no. washers, if you haven't power washed, is that it's a safety feature that the gun, you have to depress the gun the entire time. It doesn't have, like, a, a latch that lets you keep it yes. depressed because yes. it's a safety hazard because you can literally, like, power wash your own flesh off. I don't know if you tried, yeah. but you can. Um, I have. <laughs> and so the constant, like, because the power washer was also fucking broken, it would take me, like, a really long time to power wash. And I had to do it every day. And I got, like, these horrible... I don't even know what it is, but I can't like use my wrists anymore. <laughs> I had to go to physical oh, therapy. Like arthritis. Yeah, yeah, I had to go to physical therapy and I have to wear like wrist guards whenever I do anything. And it mm-hmm. went from like I was working out at the time, like I was going to the gym all the time and doing push ups and stuff. And it got to the point where I can no longer support my body with my wrists, even <laughs> after physical therapy. So I can no longer do like normal push ups. I have to do like fist push ups where I like don't like oh my bend God. my hand um or like if you're sitting on your butt and then you like lift yourself up you know what i mean like if your legs yeah, are out in front yeah. of you you can just lift up your butt i can't do that anymore either um oh also, so i had physical therapy for my wrists and then also for my knees so like from bending and squatting it like fucked up my knees really bad so i have physical mm-hmm. therapy exercises for my wrists for my knees and for my shoulder blades as well um which is all from yeah. zookeeping and that was all before i was like 30 all before i was 30 i haven't oh, been yeah, injured same. since yeah yeah, I forgot to mention, I pulled another muscle in my back like five years prior to the second muscle being pulled in my back, mm-hmm. um, one in the upper, one in the lower. And I still to this day, like when I bend over, my lower back um, like crackles, which mm-hmm. isn't great. And then my upper back, um, I think I actually did some like big fucking damage because every time I take a deep breath, there's a stabbing pain. <laughs> and that was like eight years ago. <laughs> so like – we're like this all happened before 30 years old um yes it's fucking it's fucking hard and it's like oh well and th- th- that mentality comes back of like oh they couldn't cut it or like um they just physically couldn't keep up and mm-hmm. it's like no dude it's a hard fucking job and yeah. we're all out here fucking dying and we're all thirsty and then yeah. the moment you sit down your managers are like oh you don't have enough to do like they expect you to be physically working yes for the eight to ten hour shift that you're doing and Correct. you're like bro that ain't fucking feasible i know because it's 95 degrees outside and my back is torn to shreds i know <laughs> like I like there was tell you gosh and remember like when we would um remember like hay delivery days oh my <laughs> god that was the worst literally oh my I was god hey <laughs> we, we would like wear masks but it was also in like the hottest barn and then the hay guy would show up and just like bitch about us being women luckily our boss there was like a fucking feminist and he was always like don't you (laughs) fucking dare talk about these ladies they're gonna fucking move hay faster than you ever seen in your life and we did but it also ripped your whole we also like murdered that man but yeah yeah. (laughs) it would get in your brain number one we also all had shorts on so it would rip your legs open your legs would bleed and your fucking fingers would rot off from the fucking circulation getting cut off from the hay twine (laughs) oh my god it's like hundreds of bales. And then, yeah, um, I'd be wheezing and covered in hives the rest of the day. Yeah, we were uh, like, we're going to go sit down for five minutes. And they're like, um, you fucking thought? No, you have to deliver the hay now. Oh, sorry. You need to pressure wash everything. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like, it's really fucking tough is the point it of all is. this. It is. And, <laughs> and, um, and yeah. I think what the most important part of that is that they're mm-hmm. not providing you with the proper tools to do your job. So it makes no. it harder. So the power washer was broken. So it took me twice as long. Um, yeah. I've had ladders that have been hit by cars that they expect me to stand on. I've mm-hmm. had drills that don't work. I've had like mowers that don't work. Like everything Ooh, is one. broken and they don't give you the right shit and then you fucking hurt yourself trying to fucking use it. Here's one. Um, we would have to carry those 120 pound bales of hay 
down the hill oh. to a barn that was like <laughs> mm, like a half mile away yeah because they were like oh we don't have vehicles and we're not gonna get we're not gonna let you use the maintenance golf uh, carts no nope. so me a five foot four woman was having to carry a 120 pound bale of hay to a barn half a mile away why? Like Wait, when every it could, two days. Yeah, you could have, like, there was no reason you couldn't have gotten a fucking thing. I was buff as fuck there. I was buff as fuck. Yeah. yeah I could kill was... a man with my, like, fingers. I was so buff. But. We were so buff, but we were but also we were... exhausted and our bodies were broken. And that was when we were, like, 24 or something, wasn't it? Like, that was when we were our youngest. I couldn't That's do that now. racking up the injuries. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky it... and, like, grateful that I didn't get injured serious, more seriously. Oh, yeah. I've never broken yeah. a bone in my life, let alone at zookeeping. But um, I know yeah. several people who have slipped and fallen on wet sur- surfaces. Um, oh, my like, God. Like, fallen I... and had, like, nails <laughs> dig into their fucking legs and shit. Because there's, like, fucking yeah. rusty nails sticking out of everything for some fucked up reason. I don't want to, like, dox. I had one of my friends. Um... Dox them. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give, like, too many details. Because I think people would be would know it was a very iconic moment. Unfortunately, um, she got really fucking badly injured in my last job, and it involved her foot, and it involved it not being at the right angle. And ah! it holy shit, holy shit, was it bad? It was really fucking bad. And yeah, it was like that's like a that's in the realm of possibility for a yeah. lot of fucking people. And that's not even <laughs> animal related injuries. Like I've nope. been bit by dumb shit. Oh my god! Like, if you've ever met a penguin keeper, it looks like they've like been they're like self harming. Like, oh my god! <laughs> if we're talking about little scrapes and yeah. stuff, I have um, penguin scars on my hands. I have serval kitten scars. I got scratched by like serval kittens when I had to take them home one day. Um, mm-hmm. I've got what else on here? I don't think anything too crazy. Just a lot of birds. Those little fuckers. They're so small. You just let them bite you, and it's like, what the fuck? Oh, I do have a mark. I sent you a picture of my tit. Um, before, but I have a permanent scar on my titty from a penguin yeah. taking a chunk out of my titty because I don't slice. I don't wear a bra, so it's kind of like out there. But that's <laughs> that not my fault. <laughs> feeling some kind of way, bird um, feeling some kind of way. But it like it all just kind of like adds up to being that whether or not you wanted it to. I mean, it makes sense that zookeeping becomes your identity because you don't have the energy for anything else to right define you whatsoever. And so, like, you come home from work, and, like, there are times that you and I would come home, and we would literally fall asleep in our clothes on our living room floor. Correct. Like, it, it was, like, to the point of, like, exhaustion. I would and also so, like, say that a lot of zookeepers that I know drink way more than they oh, should. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, like, and a- they don't eat healthy food, like. <laughs> when I lived somewhere where I could, I smoked, like, every day, and that was the yeah. only reason I didn't drink every day. Yeah. Yeah, you don't develop good habits because you're you you're not physically able to like live your life outside of zookeeping. If you're no. like if you're doing all the things that are expected, and if you do have that energy, like great, good for you. That's fantastic. I'm super happy for you. Mm-hmm. But you're probably emotionally and mentally fucked up too. So it's usually <laughs> like a mixture of like three it's bad. big things. Yeah, and it's just it's really hard to sustain that for long term. Which right. is why like. People okay, like people can make it a lifelong career, but sure. it's really fucking hard. And like the people who do and you know are able to find that balance, like more power to you. But you are not getting paid the wages that you deserve. I'm no. just telling you right yeah. now. And I think like, that's one l- thing. Yeah, that like that's what we're trying to say too. Is like you can enjoy the job and find it fulfilling. Like that's awesome if you do. But you deserve better, and like you should understand that and fight for that too. Like, yeah. you should not be complacent making minimum wage if you have a goddamn degree. And I'll, I know people who did find zookeeping fulfilling, and they wanted to stay mm-hmm. in it forever. And especially with this COVID shit, guess what? They got fucking flicked out of existence in no time. Like, they'll drop you like a goddamn bad habit. Whoever's yeah. cheaper is who they're going to stick with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, your job, like I said, your job is not your best friend. Like, I don't care if, like, it's fucking Olive Garden up in here, your friends, your family, or whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't matter that it's your passion. Like, no. it could still, that doesn't mean that it's perfect. And that doesn't mean that you should settle for it just because it's your passion. Yeah. Like, you deserve better. Yes. You deserve for your, if that, if you're going to go that route and have your passion be your job, that's great. But you also deserve all the other things that come with a good working mm-hmm. relationship. Like, you, your perk shouldn't come from your own internal passion. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's fucked mm-hmm. up. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think that's, I think. Tough. Yeah, it is. It's tough. And I think listening to the beginning of this podcast, like Keeper Chat episode one, it's probably different than Keeper Chat episode 101. But Mm -hmm. I think that was our realization too. And I think COVID is letting a lot of people realize that they deserve better. But yeah, um, it's just something that, you know, I find other things more fulfilling now than than zookeeping and i i know that i'm like worth more and my skills and my intelligence is worth more than minimum wage and, and it says I'm a not, lot that <laughs> i'm not gonna do yeah. it anymore fuck off <laughs> yeah and it says a lot that like when we did eventually leave it was emotional but never once did we regret it oh my and god no are you joking like the like feeling of relief and then afterwards too the fact that it took us so long like we like you and I like dissociated like when we left yeah. like there was a period where we were just like yes. existing and then we finally started to come back and be like like who am I who mm-hmm. do, like what do I enjoy doing how do I like to spend my time like mm-hmm. you kind of reevaluate all that because your whole identity is wrapped up in this job and you're so used to that consuming every waking moment and thought that there's nothing else and so when you have the opportunity to step away and like really get in touch with yourself and your like rekindle your relationships it's a big difference and it's like you know, I feel like we we joke around and stuff, and we we obviously still have like lingering effects from it all. Yeah, but still fucked up. We're both in like therapy. a better, <laughs> yeah, like we're both in a better place than we were because we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, we took the steps where we saw that it was an issue, and we decided to not put ourselves in that situation anymore, mm-hmm. and it was a great choice. Yeah, and there's people who have left zookeeping, and they they do have like lingering doubts and feelings, and like want to get yeah. back into it. And I honestly like do not relate to that at all. No, but that might happen too. But I mean, I think like if you search for it, you'll be able to find groups mm-hmm. that can support you. Um, that you know can help help you go through it. If you are thinking of leaving or whatever, and you want to yeah. talk to us, like we're open to emailing people. Like I said, other people have already reached out about leaving or thinking about leaving. We just had even mm-hmm. just two people in the Discord. They just announced that yeah. they quit their zoos, yeah. but then two people in the Discord just got hired at a zoo i mean like it's yeah we're not against it and i no, and i think that's no. like if you're taking offense to this then maybe you should think about why that is because i don't know maybe you got a little devil on your shoulder maybe we're a little devil on your shoulder <laughs> telling you what you what you whispering <laughs> what you might need to hear you know what i'm saying so um but that's yeah. our journey and like we said we don't regret getting into zookeeping we had awesome life mm-hmm. experiences you know like i helped a fucking baby penguin hatch out of an egg you know, I took care of baby servals in my own house. Like, th- I let a cheetah sleep on a bed with me. Like, there's mm-hmm. the crazy-ass shit that I've done that um, was really fucking cool. Anything. No, wouldn't trade it for anything. Was it worth me, like, <laughs> losing my brain? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But that was what, what came out of it. Um, and, I mean, I think, like, the experiences are are owed, right? Sure. And we can only tell you what we went through. And, yeah. you know, maybe it'll ring true for some of you or sound familiar. Yes. But regardless, like Flora already said, like we have respect for the people that do this because we know how hard it is. We know how hard you all work. Yeah. And we know how you feel. And so even if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm doing this for life. That doesn't apply to me. Like, I love my job. That's great. We are behind you 100%. Yeah. But again, like there – you deserve better. And yeah, that's not to say that you have to leave and you have to like detach that part of your personality or whatever. That's not it. But it's like we are speaking from a place of like love and respect for animals and zoos and like what they do. And we want everyone that's involved in that to have the best opportunities that they can because you all deserve it. We all mm-hmm. deserve it. And it sucks that so many people have so many shared experiences that are not that yeah. case. And the animals and, deserve it too, right? Like at the end of the day, they're yeah. the ones that are suffering from like yeah. mismanagement and hiring people that are fucking dumb as shit and mm-hmm. like constant turnover. Like what is an animal experiencing when it's a different fucking person taking care of it every fucking week? <laughs> like yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So um, hopefully this was like illuminating for some of you. <laughs> uh, we appreciate your patience. Trauma like said, dump. Been <laughs> big old trauma dump. This has been something that we've like wanted to do for a while and it just yes you know it took some time for us to like think about it and be cool with what we wanted to say and, and not just like be ranty i feel like we took time to not be just like psychotic like <laughs> otherwise i would have been like <laughs> yeah. ah! 
burn it down. But we did yeah. also have um, like more specific, more personal questions from our mm-hmm. dis- uh, from our patrons on Patreon.com that we're going to address in this month's bonus episode on Patreon.com. So if you want to learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about, you know, specifics, like they asked really good questions about like um like a specific moment that made us decide the moment we knew we were done like how is our mental health improved has it like how are mm-hmm. we feeling um how did we adapt our resumes like all that kind of stuff um we're gonna yeah. talk more like specifics to them like in a in a private setting so if you wanted to you could join patreon.com slash keyword chat and you could join us there as well that would be fun and cool mm-hmm. of you to do <laughs> Especially if you're, like, thinking about it or on the fence or some of this sounds familiar. Like, like we're not going to sugarcoat it. And I think that's Mm-mm. what it comes down to. Like, if you're thinking of being a zookeeper and you hear all this and you're still thinking of being a zookeeper, like, wow, that's – I'm even more impressed. You know? Like, I think yeah. being honest with, like, what the field is and then, like, letting people join – like, jump in yes. knowing exactly what they're getting into is a way healthier, safer thing than Absolutely. being, like – Oh, by the way, I'm going to manipulate you. And you're just like, right, ah! like, like blindly just being like, no, 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 it's great. It's great. It's great. It's your passion. It's your identity. Yes! And then you get it. And what you're like, the yikes. Fuck? Get out of here with like, that cult shit. I see. Yeah, no, no, I no, seen no. you in them uh, fucking Facebook groups. You guys are fucking psychos. Okay. <laughs> I see you typing in those Facebook groups. Something's Stop wrong. doing that. Something's We're wrong with you. We're trying to set people up for success here. It's like a Stop fucking... That uh mlm sometimes with the shit they're saying like hey girly you want to be a zookeeper <laughs> leave them alone oh my god praying on the innocence <laughs> for real um yeah so thanks everyone for joining us this has been another fun filled <laughs> experience filled episode of keeper chat fun. Uh, as we mentioned at the end of our last episode uh not all of these are this heavy and we do a lot of like mm-hmm. other things where we mm-hmm. learn about fun animals each week so make sure to check those out if you want to learn more they're they're quite a bit more lighthearted. Uh, we also give out advice. And as we mentioned like a thousand times during the last two episodes, if you are looking to get into the field, boy, oh boy, do we have tons of advice to help you get there. We want to see you succeed. If zookeeping is your passion, like we want to help you get there. So we're happy to um, to provide that advice. And a lot of that is in our quick and dirty episodes. So make sure to check those out. Also, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by joining us at patreon.com slash keeper chat. Uh, that's where you're going to be able to access our monthly bonus episodes, including the one Flora mentioned, where we talk about the juicy details behind some of, our, some of our zoo experiences so that will be worth checking out but you also have over i think like 40 hours of additional bonus content available immediately where we talk about like weird dumb shit we talked about like pegasus and we talked about the fucking kraken and we watched tremors mm-hmm. like oh yeah <laughs> nothing matters everything's insane so uh make sure to take a peek if you're interested and we really value everyone who supports us you guys help make sure the podcast keeps running so thank you all thank you to all of our patrons that do that you can also follow the podcast (laughs) on all of our social media facebook instagram and twitter you can reach out to us with any questions whatsoever fan mail hate mail questions about zookeeping questions about leaving zookeeping at keeperchat at gmail.com that's also where we collect our questions for our quick and dirty episodes if you're looking at advice on something make sure to send those questions there if you want to continue to grow the audience for the podcast, you can help us out by leaving a rate and review on iTunes or Podchaser. By leaving a rating and a review on either of those sites, we'll donate $5 to the conservation organization of our patrons' choice. And it also helps because you're helping get the word out about your favorite ranty podcast. We, <laughs> The bunch us. of lunatics. <laughs> that's us. So thank you all again for everyone who's done that. If you haven't had a chance to rate and review, please do so. It really helps us out quite a bit. And you donate money to conservation quick and easy. Uh, that's it. Yay. This has been an emotional roller coaster. We hope you all are doing okay. I'm hungry. If you're in a similar situation <laughs> and you're hungry, but also hungry for change in your, <laughs> your life and your job, uh, we fully support helping get to a healthier place. So Yes. There's never a bad time to start something new and to drop Absolutely. something old and toxic and horrible. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love quitting jobs. I've done it quite a bit here recently, Hell so I'm yeah. happy to help. <laughs> Um, but that's it. We hope y'all have a great week and we'll chat with y'all next time. Bye. See you later.